The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership. So happy you're tuning in. Equity Bank-sponsored show today. John Holtzmeister is the guest. What are you going to learn today? Why should you tune in? It's all about serving others. We talk about that all the time on the podcast. Surrounding yourself with a group of like-minded individuals, the power behind that, the mastermind concept, why we do it. And we talk about entrepreneurship as well and the power of entrepreneurship and the servant leadership that's required for sustainable leadership. And that's what John and I talk about. He is a leader in the sales industry. He has been the majority of his career. He's been a VP of sales and marketing. Marketing is his background. A tremendous record of growth and leadership. Today, he is the president of the Kansas City Region of Accelerant, which was fascinating to me because it is a business development platform with business leaders. Now, this isn't a new concept, um, but it's unique in the way that John and Accelerant focus on it. They have six market locations, including Kansas City, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Indianapolis, Phoenix, and Denver. And what's unique is that each partner that they select, they are very exclusive, and they, each partner in each group is exclusive to their own business category. And then Accelerant brings them together in a variety of real-time environments. They build relationships. They create new business. They enlist this mastermind concept, understanding that bringing and enlisting this diverse background of leaders and professionals from varying backgrounds is the best way to solve real-life leadership challenges and problems. I'm a huge believer of that. I've been part of certain groups myself. And Accelerant focuses on this, and John is leading this group up in Kansas City. And it's a fun conversation. So we talk about that business. We talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about serving others and how the leadership is not about you. It's about surrounding yourself with unique leaders, with like-minded folks. You know, what's the old saying? You're the summation of the five people you're closest with. And so if you get in a group like this, the power behind it, the uniqueness behind it is is exponential. And I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. It is brought to you by Equity Bank, my friends that have been going on with the, sponsoring this show for 19 months now in this special series where we focus on entrepreneurs and leaders. And Equity Bank, the reason why they do it is because and why we're partnering together is because they know what it takes to start and grow a business. It's that simple. It's been exciting to watch them grow into one of the fastest growing banks in the Midwest. As I've stated before, they're listed on NASDAQ Exchange. they got locations all across Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas. And I know these folks personally. And clearly this team at Equity Bank knows how to lead for growth. And if you feel like your current bank doesn't understand your needs, they're more of a follower than a leader, then you want to work with a bank that really understands what it means to be an entrepreneur, what it means to be a business leader. Check out Equity Bank. Go to equitybank.com to learn more. 
Thanks so much for listening. Now let's join our conversation with John Holtzmeister in this special entrepreneur series brought to you by Equity Bank here on Dose of Leadership. Well, John, I'm excited to have you on the show. Welcome to Dose of Leadership. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, I, I can always tell we're going to have a fun conversation when you know, we do these kind of pre-recording things. And I just, I love your kind of um, authentic style, your passion. We were kind of talking about where we wanted to take the, the conversation. And I love some of the things you brought up. It fits right in a dose of leadership. And I'm excited to get in with this. But so tell me a little bit up in Kansas City, you you are the president of Accelerant, right? And I was reading a little bit about that. So how did, how long have you been in with Accelerant? Well, I've just been selling for the short time. It's been the last, we started in January. But prior to being, the, joining Accelerant and working with them as a regional president in Kansas City, I was a partner with them for three years with my last my last, um, my last job at NIT Standard. I was excited to learn about it because I didn't know anything about it, to be quite honest, when prior to you sending me the information about it. It, it kind of feels like a little bit like B&I, but it's different. Um, and it's certainly different than a networking group. It's, it's, it's certainly different than that. So what, what is it, where does it fit in kind of in that met that spectrum of being a networking organization and like, and like BNI? Well, like I said, we don't really consider ourselves a networking organization. I consider ourselves a community of business leaders that are really committed to helping each other grow their business. Um, we're a business development system, and we're designed to serve the middle market community. Um, some of our partners are larger, some are smaller, but they all do business or have relationships in that middle market. And so we buy into this belief of the give to get mentality. Yeah, you know? I like that. And yeah, yeah. So they that that we form that community. We work together. We provide them where we differ. We only have the, one. Of the biggest differences is that we only have one category per you know one company per category. So it gives us some exclusivity there and allows us to hold them accountable to be good partners for us too. So it's like a different category. Like how many people are in a group? I mean, so, okay, so I have a consulting business. This guy's a real estate guy. This other guy owns a roofing company. What, you know, how, how big is the mix? How many companies are we talking about here in a group? Well, Kansas City market, we have about 55 members. Um, Currently, we have six different markets across the country. Some they range. Some Denver, we're just starting up, um, and then you know, in Phoenix and Baltimore, they have in excess to sixty-five to up to seventy members. And so, it's not so much about getting leads; it's about accelerating your business. Am I getting that right? It's correct. It's exactly right. There's a lot of different benefits you get from it, but it's the name comes from accelerate. You know, allowing you to accelerate your business and. And taking advantage of connectivity more than anything. It's not working just with those partners. It's yeah. really working through those partners. Well, yeah, because those each each people that it's like the mastermind concept, right? We bring all these together collectively, we're gonna be so much stronger, right? And it's almost it's almost exponential when you get the right mix of people, in this case businesses and business owners together. I can theoretically come there and any challenge that I may have. Uh, man, I've got this wealth of knowledge, and not only that person that's in the room, but those the people that that person knows, right? And the, and their network that they're connected with. That's kind of what I'm hearing, right? That's exactly right. And it's a, we just had a breakfast yesterday, and we had over 300, typically over 300 RSVP. We had some no shows, do everything that's going on in the world, but we were over 225 people strong yesterday at our breakfast, and. What I tell them is that we're a community of business leaders and we have access, you have access to this group 
and they can they can solve or you're one phone call away from handling any issue that can that comes across your desk as in your business. Yeah. There's a wealth of knowledge there at your fingertips. And if you're in that community, even if you're not, you know, that they can help you run your business. That's exactly right. The power behind that is just amazing, right? I mean, I've done I'm a big proponent and a huge fan of the mastermind concept. Certainly I haven't done it at um kind of a business level. It's always been like an individual level. But I've always been amazed, at, especially when you get the right mix of people and every the trust is built and everybody's kind of comfortable with each other and the ability to solve, it always blows me away, like how you, the problems that you can solve. And not only that, the relationships that are formed, um, it's almost, for me, it's hard to describe. I mean, I've created lifelong friends um, and almost like mentors. I don't know. It's just, it's very powerful. So I'm sure you're seeing that at, at a whole different level. I, I, I just, I mean, like I said, I've seen this from BNI. I've been in BNI, but that's kind of getting leads. Here you're solving problems or challenges or obstacles and how to overcome them. And by surrounding yourself with the, with a community of other like-minded entrepreneurs and business owners, I, th- I think it's a fascinating idea. And we put them together in a variety of environments. So we we have some environments that build trust. We have some environments that are strictly for specific connections. We have some environments that are good for collaboration of some commonality if they have if the if those businesses have commonality. And then we have a hospitality. So we have up to sixteen different environments that's going on on a monthly basis. And you don't you know your team we we help you organize your team and determine who goes to what environment. So you're not going to go to 16, you usually go to one or two. Um, and then, but you break you up and support your team and we do different things at each one. What would you say is the biggest challenge? I mean, if you've been involved with these guys for a while, when, if you look at it, is there a, a common challenge that people typically bring? Is it strategy? Is it leadership? Is it recruiting? What, what do you think it is? Uh, that they're facing today in their business? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's usually, it's usually getting in front of the right person. That's usually number one. If you talk to people there, these people, these or these members are looking to grow their organization. So a lot of it's pretty sales centric, but they're, and they're, they're having trouble getting in front of that person. They go, if I can get in front of this person and I can tell my story, I know I can help them, but yeah. I'm having trouble getting in front of them. But after that, to not just after that, you know, recruiting would be number one. Cost containment's number two, you know, coming in there, yeah. coming in two. So it's the same problems that every business faces every day. And it varies. You know, when the economy's doing well, you're facing one set of problems. When the economy starts to shift a little bit, you kind of face a little bit different set of problems. So it changes from, from year to year. And that's what, that's some kind of the dynamic I like about it. Your background certainly is a strong background in sales and marketing. Uh, is that where you feel most comfortable in, in sales and the marketing piece? Where do, where do you fit in? It does. The sales and marketing is probably my strongest point. It's what I've done throughout my career. Yeah, you're pretty young age. You were pretty, you were pretty uh, successful as being one of the youngest sales managers in. Um, was it in around Atlanta and Charlotte, around in that region? That's correct. I started out at Unitog Industrial Uniforms. They're based here in Kansas City, um, and I consider the uniform business to be. It was. It was a you know. Coming in and learning the learning how to sell from the ground up, it was you're selling brand new logos, brand new customers, and very competitive, very price conscious, um, dealing with a variety of people, and it, it was the best experience I could have got. But um, 
I, I so I relish it because I think it helped in my development. But yes, I, I was then I took over, went to Atlanta and Charlotte, was down there for about six years. I love learning about sales. I mean, it hasn't been my strong suit. Obviously, being an entrepreneur myself, it, I've had to learn a lot, and I'm always learning. There's always something to learn. But do you think it's much different now than it was maybe in the '90s when you were kind of interacting? Is there, is there any major difference, or is selling still the same? It's about relationships and authenticity, and and kind of solving people's problems. I mean, is is it that different than it was 20 years ago? No, I think there is some differences. I mean, I walk into a meeting a lot more prepared today than I was 20 years ago. Yeah. And it's changed because there's so much information available to you before you even walk in the door. That's you true. used to have to walk in that door and pry and get that information through your, through listening and questioning and sitting across from them, find out, and you had to find your connections and where your connectivity was, you know, in that meeting. And now you walk in the door, you already have a lot of that information. And so, and to be honest with you, it's changed so much because I used to, Spend time on the phone, cold calling. We yeah. they didn't have email. It was phones were the king back then. So yeah. <laughs> um, that makes that dates me too much. But um, so I think it has changed fairly dramatically for the better, from a technological side, from an organizational side. From a when I walk into somebody's office, I can maximize their time and really know more about them, and they know about more about me as when we first come together than ever before. Even the direct mail side, I mean, I suppose you, when you were starting out and then in direct mail, I mean, it was literally the direct mail. And were you involved in creating copy and stuff like that, too? Or, I mean, or was it more of, um, I mean, were you a copywriter at all? I mean, that always fascinates me, too. The reason why I bring it up is because even, like, if you look at some of those successful copywriters back from, I mean, from decades ago, the same concept still applies, but it's now in it's, it's more of a digital format too. But, you know, the, the kind of psychologically behind copy. Did you get involved in that at all? A little bit. I wouldn't say I was, I'm not a copywriter from the traditional spin, uh, sense. What I came from was we did in our direct mail piece, we were working a lot with three by five postcards. Yeah. And I came from, how's that message resonating with you? And I, you know, we helped, we followed best practices and, and I always worked with our clients about best practices, but then I just looked at it from a consumer standpoint and said, do I know what you do? Does it make sense to me? You know, can I, is, am I going to respond to this? Yeah. And we helped a lot. So we, I helped a lot with the copy and the design, but not in the traditional, let me go write this up. I had a copywriter that did all that for us, but yeah. and a marketing and a, a, a graphics department that helped us through that. But, but just looking at the final copy and making sure it it's achieving what it needs to do for, for the average person looking at it. Yeah. So what was the dream then when you were kind of in the sales and marketing path? What were you, especially when you were starting out in your early 20s, what, if you could kind of go back and remember where your mind was in, what were you hoping to accomplish in the, in the next, by the time you hit your 40s? Well, I kind of realized when I first got involved, I was in management training with Unitog and you know, you they push you up and you go one or two directions. You can go sales and marketing and go operations. Um, and as with everybody, you kind of came out with a business degree and you kind of realize, man, I'm, as you're starting at the bottom level, it's not, you don't come in at the CEO level. You got to work your way up. And my friends laughed because they, you went from the laundry room to the boardroom. But, <laughs> you know, you, we came up and you had to make a decision. And, and basically how I got into sales is that I, I turned around and there was an opportunity available in sales on the, at the Unitog team. And I jumped on it and I had a good mentor that got me involved. They provided me some excellent training 
And next thing, you know, I just started building from there. And I, I knew I wanted to get into management more than anything because I didn't, I always felt like that was something I wanted to do. I thought a sales was a path, quickest path to management. Yeah. Um, and when yeah. you, I'm, I'm always interested too, because I remember when I was in my twenties about to graduate and I went in the Marine Corps, obviously, but I wanted to learn a lot about leadership. And I thought I knew a lot about leadership when I look at my 10 years, I was an active duty in the Marine Corps. I mean, I just, even though I was inundated with this kind of leadership culture, I would say I truly didn't start really understanding and getting it until I was away from it and probably approaching into my my 40s. And then, of course, that's when I started this show seven, eight years ago, and I've certainly learned a lot in the last seven, eight years. Um, I guess my, where I'm going with this, I'm, I'm curious about where your mindset was about management and leadership then in your 20s and 30s and contrast it to where it is now and where you're at now what would you what would you think has been the biggest transformation in your leadership philosophy from then until now i think i wanted to get into management in the 20s especially because it was it's the fastest way to higher income right exactly um, yeah and i to be honest with you I, you're in, in that age group you're kind of thinking i'm trying to build a career i want to make as much money as I can how can we go out and make this happen yep um and what i learned through the years of being in management it's not about you. It's about your people. It's about your team. It's about others. It's about your customer. And as that has transformed, it's, it's opened me up to, I think, being a better person, you know, and helping other people. And, and just, and I, I think just as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as a manager, uh, some, somebody told me one time, and it was back when I was, I remember they pulled me aside. I was in my twenties and they said, management, I want you to understand management's about serving others. And if you get that, you'll be successful. If you don't, you're just going to be a manager that consistently rotates around. Yeah. I, that resonated with me. I love that story. I mean, I remember that too when I was brand new in the Marine Corps, brand new second lieutenant. We were at a had to go to a six-month infantry school before we went to flight school. And I remember we, was, we were on the two weeks on the rifle range learning, you know, getting qualified on rifle and shooting and stuff. And I was down there in the what they call the butts down there where you're with the targets, changing targets, and this kind of crusty gunnery sergeant. We were just sitting there waiting, talking, and he just started, he's pulled me aside and just talked to me about that. And he said almost the exact same thing. He said, you understand, he says, leadership ain't about you. Remember, it's about all those, those enlisted in those, the engine of, this, of the Marine Corps. And he says, you take care of them, sir, they're going to take care of you. And I never forgot that, you know. And, it, and it's so true. It's like when you, and as you get older, and like you said, I love what you said about it. it is about serving others. It's it's so it's so external in the sense that you're trying to add value to others. I think, right? Yeah. It's internal in the sense that you're constantly working on yourself and and becoming more self aware of who you are. I think that was to me the biggest thing is the self awareness piece and how how m almost most of your leadership time is spent, if you do it correctly, is spent on yourself, just trying to authentically figure out who you are and be aware of who you are and what you're good at and what you're not. And then focusing on your strengths, I think is the next piece of it. And, uh, yeah. but, but, but adding value to others to going back to your point. And I think that's, that gets lost and particularly on the entrepreneurship front, right? You and I were kind of talking a little bit before the show that it, it and I'm a, been a big fan and student of entrepreneurs and, and I'm attracted to the, the big names and excited about all the people that started in a garage and it's almost like they become personalities but talk to me a little bit about that and where you think entrepreneurship is and, and, and where, 
what you're concerned about? Well, I think entrepreneurship and small business entrepreneurship at the, at the, for the most part, what we're talking about is the backbone of what makes America great. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, I'm a capitalist, but I don't, I don't view myself as a crazy capitalist and, but I believe in the, the entrepreneurship mentality. And I think those guys that take that risk, because I gotta be honest with you, I've had a couple of chances to jump into business ownership and I, I didn't have the, I didn't do it. I was being successful. I didn't take that risk. Um, but taking that risk and building up that, those businesses that employ majority of America. And I think sometimes they get a bad rap and I, I and when you get, I mean, there's good entrepreneurs and bad entrepreneurs, but when you find a good one who really understands, I think the power of entrepreneurship is my business is going to reach a point. And when it reaches some point, I'm going to be able to give back to others and yeah. help those people that help me. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs that buy into that kind of mindset and really have trans- transformed families. And that's a, that's a great thing. Hey, we're about halfway through the conversation, but I wanted to take the time to talk about my good friends, the sponsor here of the special series at Equity Bank. Have you ever noticed that most business bankers seem to really understand just one thing? It's banking, right? And not a lot about business. It makes sense since most banks were built generations ago and now they're often run by caretakers, not business builders. Well, it's not the case here at Equity Bank. The bankers at Equity Bank didn't inherit a bank generations ago. They built one of their own. They know that building something takes expertise, vision, and hard work. And over the past decade, they've built one of the region's fastest-growing banks by working side-by-side with customers, with entrepreneurs, with leaders in communities all throughout Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. Recently, Equity Bank was listed on the NASDAQ exchange, which gives them even greater capabilities to take on those big deals that growing businesses need to keep on growing. So if you're tired of talking to bankers who've never really ran or owned or built a business, then I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised when you talk to my friends at Equity Bank. Thanks for listening to this show. Let's get back to the conversation, this unique and special series on leadership and entrepreneurship brought to you by my friends at Equity Bank. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, in fact, I was worked with one here last year for 12 months and he's one of those three percent of the population right where he's such a great visionary and and i would ask the people that worked with him you know what what do you think about how oh, i love him to death and i'm like what do you love about him i love how he's so optimistic about how he can see the future almost right like he's constantly painting this picture regardless of what's going on but in talking to him and where he was struggling you know and that's what he knew he was good at but particularly as he was getting ready to scale, he had to figure out the leadership side of it, right? Um, yes. And I, every entrepreneur I've talked to, the successful ones, the ones that've got sustaining legacy building businesses, they've all said they've had, they, they reached a point in their career where they said, I got to figure out this leadership stuff. And you're right. That's why I think where entrepreneurship and leadership kind of melds because it is when they're really good, the entrepreneurs, it is the kind of the ultimate um, making the campsite better than you found it occupation, right? And you're adding so much about you're changing lives. You're so many lives are at stake. And I think that gets lost sometimes in the idea when you think about an entrepreneur, they, it's always on that individual, but really you got 140 employees. You really got 300 plus lives at stake, right? Yeah. And 
that is pretty powerful stuff to me. It's, and that's why I think, I don't know if I could be one of those guys. You know, that's why I think there's only 3% of the population that are kind of like that, right? The unique brand. And, you know, I've enjoyed working with them. I've had chances to go public. I've been involved in public. But the private side, I, I just, there's something about going to work every day with a visionary. Yeah. That really gets it. And a lot of times, I all say, I spent 17 years at Market Share, and, and he was a or he was an on, true entrepreneur and visionary in that market. But I was what I was what he needed. He was good for me, and I was good for him because he could come up with the idea, but he didn't want to miss with the details of implementing it. And I could go and put together the action plans and the goals, and put together the pro, how to make it come to reality. But I needed that somebody to help me get that vision. So we were that when you. When you team up that way, it, it's, it's been nice. It's fun. I'm glad you brought that up because even with the individual I was just talking about, that was kind of the solution that we kind of came up with him. He still felt like, because that's what he knew, he, he grew it out of his college dorm 30 years ago. And for so many years, he's been the central figure with you know everything. Everything went through him. And that's not sustainable. And yeah. and you're right. It's not scalable. It's not scalable for sure. Yeah. And, and you – when you find that kind of yin and yang or kind of the, oh, what's the guy that wrote Rocket Fuel? I can't think of his name. You know who I'm talking about? Have you seen that book? You know what I'm talking about? He talks about that. It's like each yeah. each of those successful organizations like that, you've got the visionary and you've got the integrator. And that integrator is kind of that that hammer, the ops guy, right? And like like the example you just gave about yourself, you were the integrator and he was the visionary. And if you can get those two together – and you got a pretty solid relationship, man. You're pretty, it's, it's unstoppable almost. Well, and that's unique. I mean, it's hard to do. Because it's very hard to do. Visionaries yeah. have trouble giving up that, the goal and the uh-huh. power. And it's not power. That's the wrong word, but the control on those. Cause they, they have a vision of what they want it to be. And sometimes that's hard to give up that control because it's not exactly what they want. But when you get that together and I've worked for both, you know, and then what does gel, they respect you and you respect them. And it takes that mutual respect. You have to get that that level of trust and respect for each other that you both have strengths and weaknesses that benefit each other. And when you get there, it, it's, it's fun. It is fun. Yeah. I love that. I love that stuff. I love finding, um, those type of situations. I've been involved in a couple. I've been in somewhere. It was, it didn't work that way. And I'm, I'm with you. I've worked with some visionaries that was just an absolute joy to work for. You know, it's almost like you would do anything for them because and that was like this, example where I consulted with this one company, that's what it was like. He was so, you get around him and you just want to be around him because he had that vision. Yeah. I don't think all of us, and that's okay if you don't have it. And I, I think, I think that's why some people don't get into entrepreneurship. I know that's a, it's almost like a debatable or it's, I've had some serious debates about well, what even tr- is truly an entrepreneur. Is it just that 3% or is it, you know, if this, if someone goes out and opens a, What's a business that's just been replicated and done over time and time again? A gas station on the corner. Sure. Is that guy and he opens up a gas station? Is he really being an entrepreneur, or is he just following a business model that, you know, or is it the the guy that invented, you know, what's the, I had the guy on my show that um, that invented, uh, oh, why is it the where you can plug into your iPhone and swipe a credit card? Oh yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, Detroit, something that's, Detroit. yeah, it's yeah. something that's never been done before. That guy's a true yeah. entrepreneur. Right. And so, in fact, it was him I was talking to him about. He was like, he kind of sees entrepreneurs as the, 
the visionary ones and the guy that's going out and starting a, a cafe or a coffee shop, you know, how many, co- the coffee shop is a better example. Yeah. The coffee shop. And I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I think they're all entrepreneurs. I mean, yeah. one, you took the risk. If you take the risk, this is something about you. Sometimes you have to, sometimes life's circumstances force you to take a risk. Yep. Um, but you did. And you pulled yourself up, but now you get into a situation, whether it's a gas station or whether it's a coffee shop, as you get into it, you get a chance to make it your own. Right. And sometimes that leads to that innovation that takes you to the next level. But if you're not ever in it, you don't ever get there. Um, yeah, I'm, and I, so, I think I agree with you. And I think the noble thing is, is that it's, I would call you an entrepreneur because you're taking, like I said, that risk and the noble, you got lives at stake. You know, even yeah. if you got a shop of five, you got 10, 15 people whose lives are counting on that you do this right. And um, so, yeah, I'm with you in that camp as well. And, you know, you're sitting there in a thankless job. Not everybody sees you as, you know, everybody, some people view their position as a job and then until they lose it or until it's not there. <laughs> right, right. And then they, they're a lot more thankful for it. And, you know, you have to be thick enough skin to work through that and get the right people involved and, and bring that organizational culture around. Hey, I mean, you know, I've known a handful of entrepreneurs, both from family, you know, worked for some and been friends of the family and hearing some of the stories when they were starting out and like literally not knowing how they're going to meet payroll in the next two weeks and draining every financial resource that they had just so they could make the next two weeks and just to get to two weeks. And then what do you do when the next two weeks get here? Right. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. I hear those stories and it just, it just blows me away, you know, and that's happening hundreds of thousands of times daily across this, you know, across this country. And yeah, I think it doesn't get the credit it's, it's due. You know, it's like, Oh, you're just a rich, bu- you know, you're a rich yeah. businessman, you know, you can afford this. And, well, we see the top 10% who are making whatever, Jeff Bezos or Amazon's, the Microsoft's or whatever, making a ton of money. But there's most of America, you know, most entrepreneurs in America in that it's in that other bracket. Some of them are more well off than others, but most of them are, you know, in that probably 80, 80% of them are in that bracket where every day counts. So what do you think about for uh, to get into Accelerant or something like that? What if, uh, what if, do you have a, an entry barrier for someone to join the group? In other words, what's the minimum to, to join? Well, the one of the things that I like that what I, has attracted me is that we uh, we interview people, we interview yeah. categories. So when the category becomes open, I go to our partners and I say, "Hey, who do we know in this category? What do we who who'd be a good partner? Who makes sense? Who's going to fit the community? Who's going to fit the culture? But who also?" got the good reputation and everything else. And, and once I get a list together, they help me get introductions into those, those companies. And then we interview and I sit down and I talk to them. They talk to us. We look for, we look for whether it's a fit or not. It's not a, I'm trying to sell you or you're yeah, trying to sell it. me. What are you looking for? I mean, what are you hoping to, 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 when you're sitting down on this interview, what are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for one. We'd like to see growth companies, somebody that's growing, um, somebody who has a, because that's really the first thing we try to do is they're, they're out there, they're trying to grow. And then we look for, do they, do they do business through relationships? Do they, do they use referrals? Do they value the give to get culture? Do they believe in it? It's one thing to talk it. It's another thing to walk it. And I usually, that, everything I've crafted my questioning around and how I try to do in that conversation is 
do, do they believe, do they really believe that? Because that's the focus of what we are. That's a fundamental uh, principle of what Accelerant is. And, and what do you look for? I love the, the kind of givers gain, give to get type of mentality. Uh-huh. What are you looking like, give me some examples of sure. what that would be. So I dig into their what they're doing today. Mainly, it's, okay, tell me about your business development today. Tell me about your marketing, which is right up my, you know, kind of my alley. How you get in your business leads today? Where, who are your customers? You know, tell me your centers of influence. Um, you know, so we try to give into that those type of situations so that we can get an understanding. When's the last time you gave a referral to somebody? Yeah. When's the be- what's the best referral you've given? Where do you get your referrals from? Um, and a lot of times they stop and pause and they're not quite sure, they yeah. just, you know, they're not sure where it's coming from. Um, so we get into those type of questions and, and it's just, it's, what it makes it nice. It's just a conversation kind of like we're having today. Yeah. It's myself. I'm talking to the C-suite because we're really an executive business development platform that is built for the top business leaders and top level producers. So salespeople are involved in it, B&B, business development people are involved in it, but the executives is really where we, you know, where the community comes together. And is this a, a once a month meeting? I mean, how do you stay connected? What is the kind of uh, protocol sure. or formation? How do people meet and how do you guys stay connected? So the average team with us, an average partner will have somewhere between four to six, five to eight um, team members involved in Accelerant. And there'll be at different levels. And so we put them in, a, like I said earlier, we put them in a variety of environments. Some of, And so we have about 15 environments a, a month. Um, some are designed. We have round tables at people's locations where they get to see the location. And, and the round tables, we, we feel we, we'll facilitate that. We talk about who we are, what we do, you know, what separates us, what's an opportunity to look like. What do I do if I find one? And you're just building trust and getting to know each other. Right. But you're trying to create you're trying to create brand advocates for you. These people, it's like buying a new car. When I buy buy a new car, they're not there. It was a while back, but I got a car and I thought, man, this is cool. And I I look around, I go, there's 20, these things are all over the place. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And and that's the mindset. I use the example in in our meetings because there's opportunities crossing these people, uh, you know, our partner's desk every day or out when they're having coffee. They hear these opportunities, but if they don't know what you do, or what it looks like, they don't even recognize them. It just flies by them. And so that's really what we're trying to do in those meetings is really creates that, those brand advocates that know what to listen for. I love that. Then we have, go ahead. Then we have other meetings where you bring 10 people you want to meet and, you know, we, and you bring 10 relationships you have and we aggregate that into a spreadsheet and we sit around the table and talk about, not just give you a business card and tell you a call. Yeah. We really strategize on how we can get you introduced in there. And so, Usually you walk out of that meeting with two or three good, con- you know, an action plan for two or three pe- to get make contact with two or three people you're trying to get into. So those are a couple of examples of what we do throughout the month. That really, we do that on an executive level and we do it on the producer level. So we, we keep those, you know, they're different connectivity in both. We try to make them useful for both for both parties. I love that. I'm such a huge fan of that that concept. How do you keep people engaged? If there's like, hey, if you're not adding value, participating, are you out? I mean, you know, there's, there's almost like, um, in some of these groups I've seen, there's like, Hey, there's an expectation of participation. How do you enforce that? Well, we, we teach it from the get go. Here's our expectations. And we, and we talk about one of the things that separates accelerant is that we provide the training and the tools and the strategy and the support to help them. We don't just say you join this group. Good luck. Come this meeting. Here you go. We have a, 
mutual commitment meeting where we discuss what success even looks like and who on your team is going to participate and why are they, are they excited for it or not? You know, so, and if they're not, how do we get them excited? So we have those conversations because, you know, just because the sea level is excited for it does not mean the whole team is excited for it. Um, Then we, we have an orientation where we provide training. What's the culture? How's it work? How do you interact with partners? And we provide them some training. So that's really where you start differentiating ourselves from other business development or networking groups. We really work on that. And then push comes to show. We meet with you quarterly. We develop an action plan for you. We work with you on that. And we stay in contact with you. And we sit down and meet with you every month for the first 90 days and then quarterly thereafter to make sure we're achieving goals and we're being successful together. So it sounds like you, would you consider yourself the accountability piece? Is that where you guys fit in the accelerant team? Like you're kind of the accountability accountability arm once I join the group. Is that fair to say? You're right. I mean, there's a cost associated to it. That's a lot more than membership group. So sure. that helps with the accountability piece also. You can't, ju- you don't just join for five hundred dollars. No, no. I there's, mean, there's a, you're, there's a cost associated. There's an investment with here, accountability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then part of me is after that initial shiny new toy wears off, we help you maintain that. And but when you see that return comes through, and you start seeing the power it has, and you start realizing all the different problems that it can help me solve. We usually get more involvement, but if somebody starts tapering off, we sit down, we talk to them, and make sure we get them back reengaged. And you know that it—that's part of what, finding that right partner. That's why that interviewing is so important. Yeah, and we sign three-year agreements. We don't sign just a year agreement. We want you committed because our partners are going to take time to get to know you, um, and it takes time to build those relationships. Yeah, you got to build it's that. It's not going to rain money from you from no. day one. You got to do the, you know, the relationship building, the no like trust piece has to, and that takes time. It takes some time. Yeah. And we talk, we teach them that. We say first six months, we're just building relationships. Then from there we start, this is a process. This is not just you come in and you show up and it's just going to, you know, referrals and start raining down on you. I love it. I love, I love this kind of stuff. And because I just, I just, you can't do it alone. Um, whether it's a leadership journey or whether it's building a business, you cannot do it by yourself. You got to have connections, relationships, real authentic relationships. And you got to have brand ambassadors. You got to have people out there kind of, like you said, if I'm having coffee with a lifelong friend, I want that little brain cell activated when it's like, Hey, I'm looking for, you know, our roof just got damaged and you want me to be able to go, I know a guy, you know? And so, and you know what, that's value add. Oh yeah. I can do that to my family. Mm -hmm. I can do that to my friends. I could do that to my customers it makes you more valuable as a relationship and whether it's personal or professional that, you know, I just happened to my dad. I use this example. One of our partners his water heater broken, flooded. I called our partner and said, I don't know. We've too small for you. He goes, I'll be out there tomorrow. Said, Great. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. what I need. Yeah. It was one phone call. I'm done. And you know, one is my dad was appreciative. I was appreciative. The business was appreciative. I mean, so it was excellent. I love it. I love what you guys are doing. I'm going to definitely learn more about it. I mean, is there, I, it just seems like there would be tons of these types of organizations around there. Maybe I just haven't been looking for them, but is Accelerant unique in that aspect or what does your competition look like? We are unique because we don't, you know, we, with who, what we do and how we facilitate it and how we handle the accountability and the training and the action plans part of it, it's unique. There's a lot of BNI business journal yeah, chambers yeah. around. I mean, there are 
where you go out and you don't know who's showing up. Everything we do is very strategic. We right. really work with our partners. We want them to invite people, but we want to know who's coming so that we can be prepared for them when they come. Our whole premise is to make strategic or introductions, strategic relationships look very organic. Make them look easy. Yeah. Get them to be where they're just part of the day game. But we knew that we knew that person was going to attend this event. We already knew who we wanted to introduce him to, and that just. But we make it look very easy and organic. I love this concept. I just think it's great, and I think if you know if a business was in the right place, they'd be kind of foolish not to at least explore this option because I know any time, like I said, any time that I've surrounded myself with the right people, not only is my life become more prosperous, but my business as well. And and I can just imagine if I was a larger business looking to become a little more strategic. And and you said at the beginning, I asked what was the biggest problem. I think back, yeah, so many entrepreneurs that I know and even myself is like, I, God, if I could just get in front of this person or I don't even know what to do next. I know what I want to do, but I don't know how to start. And mm-hmm. to me, if you have like something like Accelerant, uh, man, you'd be well ahead of the game. Well, in sales, I can't tell you how many times I go, man, I know I can help that guy. That's yeah. a perfect guy. If I can get in front of him and tell him my story, I can save him money or I can make him money. One of the two things. Yeah. And it just gets frustrating when you say, man, I, I, if I could, it would. But that's part of what we help you do. We, we, make, that poss- we make that possible. I love it. So you guys are located in Kansas City, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Annapolis, Phoenix, and Denver. Did I miss any location where you guys That's are at? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, we're at six right now. And we're hoping to expand out and start expanding, you know, one every – I think their goal is to expand a new market, you know, one every year from this point forward. Is this a franchise thing? Like can somebody like I say, hey, I like this so much, I want to be – I want to be an accelerant guy in this location? Is that something that – no, it's it's all corporate owned, so it's 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 controlled and 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 by the corporate entity and and by an entrepreneur. I mean, it started from because the story is kind of unique. He owns the entrepreneur owns several companies, and it started out where our, our owner he got went to his business executives and said, "I want you to be more involved in community. I want you to do business development." And they said, "Well, there's main four main things we could do, and they all have significant drawbacks." And you know, you go to charities and country clubs and but you got to play a lot of golf and there's only <laughs> right. so many of those you can join. Um, you do trade associations, but they have a lot of competitors. Um, you can join peer groups and advisories clubs, but they're small and usually executive development, not business development. And then you had all your salesman stuff, chamber, BNI, business journal, but the C-level doesn't want to be there. No. It's mainly business development people. Yeah. So he, he came up with that idea and created the organization. He wants to control it. It's built for business development. It's 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 around the suite, C-suite. They focus on the right topic, growing businesses. They get the right mindset, but they control the events. It's not just put people in a room and hope it helps. Yeah, no, he, I like control it. Those some events. He makes them strategic, focused, and efficient. And that's some, really what makes Excellent successful and separates us from others. There's some intentionality behind it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Very cool, man. I like this. I mean, this has just been. This is why I love doing the show because I learn and I find out about things I just never would have thought about. I mean, just the other day I was talking. People do just things I didn't even know existed, you know. And this is one of them. This is one of these businesses that just makes perfect sense. And it's kind of like almost like why hasn't somebody thought about this before? And I guess they have in a sense, but it's just been kind of locked in that, like you said, that B and I networking kind of mindset. But this is different, you know. And I like it. 
You know, it's great. And I, we're very similar. What I love about my job every day is that I get to go out and talk to companies about how they're growing and how you got involved and yeah. what you're looking to do and having these conversations with a variety of people. It changes it because we only have, once we fill the category, it's filled for three years. Yeah. I mean, it's done. So, you know, I get to talk to a variety of people, variety of category of companies. Um, and it, it makes, it, it provides, it makes a lot of fun. Well, I would get a kick out of, particularly if it's three, five years down the line. And I would get a huge kick out of bringing, say, these two, three people together and see what relationships develop out of that. You know, yeah. partnerships, relationships. Who, who, I just, I love that stuff. I just think it's the, the key to everything. Well, you're amazed what you hear too. People share with you and you hear it and you get gather up so much information. And I'm just, I, I walk out of meetings all the time and say, I call people and say, you need to, you need to talk to so-and-so or you need to talk to, and pass on that information because, you know, it's, you just hear fits, whether they're a partner or not, you hear bits of information that can help each other and, and you put people together. Awesome. Well, you're doing we good. Get you to breakfast if you come up here. Yeah, so man, I'd love to. Breakfast nine times a year. Yeah. So, yeah. I just think it's, I just think it's great. It's exciting to hear about this. So I think you guys are doing great work. Uh, John, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. How can people connect with you, Accelerant, and learn more about you? Uh, well, I'm, I'm also open for LinkedIn connections. So they can come in to LinkedIn if anybody wants to learn more about Accelerant. We have some information on our website. It's more for our partners, but they, it gives them some basic information on there. Um, and so feel free to connect to LinkedIn or, or give me a call or, or on my email. Or I'm, I'm Accelerant, jholsmeister at Accelerant.com. I'll have links to that on the post if you're listening to the show on Dose of Leadership. John, thanks so much for coming on the show. I, I'm so glad to have you in the Dose of Leadership circle and, and look forward to staying in touch. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. I hope you got some value out of this episode. If you did, please do me a huge favor. Tell somebody about this show. Tell your spouse, tell your kids, tell your coworkers. Let them know about the value that Dose of Leadership brings to your world. Go to doseofleadership.com. You can learn more about my services. If you're looking for somebody to speak, teach, or coach about leadership, I'm your guy. I'm known for my ability to transform individuals and organizations, teaching them the concept of creating a culture of decentralized leadership. I do think that is the secret sauce to facing all the challenges that we face today. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I look forward to the next time we're together. And until the meantime, make it a great one.